ladies and gentlemen, Tom from Drecker. <laughs> I feel very official. <laughs> very official. You do. You, you look very official. And, you, and you, you. he actually sat up when, uh, if you're not watching this on YouTube and you're just listening, he sat up okay. nice and straight and proper. I have to have good uh. posture for my mom. <laughs> So, uh, Tom, first of all, thanks, man, for we we did this uh, little tasting today. We mm-hmm. tasted some stouts. We tasted some Arizona honey, came up with a cool re- recipe. So yeah. uh, thank you to also to Mark. Mark was yeah. has been my contact. He introduced me to you via email and uh, you're just as cool as him, man. Hey, so. thanks. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's number one busy guy around here with uh, keeping this place going and starting our other project across the way. So. By across the way, you mean like behind us, yeah, right, right behind right you. Here. Yeah, I, I think we should walk around just to just peek our heads in there. There's not like a lot to see right now, but it's really pretty cool. The vision there. to yeah. be able to vi- visualize yeah. it, yeah, for sure. So, Tom, let's start with this. We're so we're here at Drecker. We're mm-hmm. at uh, Bruhalla. Yeah. Well, right? okay. So this is technically Bruhalla, but now Bruhalla is the name of that building. Okay. So I don't know what we're gonna. I guess we're just Drecker Brewing Company now. It's okay. not It's not as cool as it was, uh, but yeah, this is our full. Everything we do is out of this building, so. I, I disagree when you say it's not as cool as it was. It's always cool, man. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> well, so, all right, so, the, you know, this is an Arizona beer podcast. Uh, you guys have gone gangbusters in Arizona. People love the beer you guys are producing, and uh, I do as well. The can art, I'm always a sucker for marketing, right? Yep, you know, yep. so you get the can art and, and just the whole package. But then what really pulled it all together for me was, um, so it was 2020, September is when I released the episode. Mark and I did an episode mm-hmm. uh, just through Zoom, and it was just I, it, it it fulfilled what I already thought was the thing. Right, my wife grew up an hour from here. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you guys have to be awesome, just cool people, right? The salt of the earth, uh, <laughs> North Dakota, Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, and then I did the episode with Mark, and I'm like, yep, that's it. And then I meet you, same thing, man. Cool, this, man. dude, this is awesome. This, yeah. this is really awesome because you see. Uh, you know, um, and I don't want to call you a hype brewery because you're, you're, you guys, you guys have a lot of hype, right? But you guys kick ass. You guys make a, I mean, the, the range of beers that I see in coolers and on taps around Minnesota, North Dakota, and then you look in your cooler, uh, you guys make great sours, you make great IPAs, but there's reds. There's a, you have a lager, a lager, you know what I mean? So, um, I love it, man. I love what you guys are doing. I love what you guys are bringing into the craft community. And it's really cool to, to find a brewery that is very well-liked across the country. Yeah. And then you meet the people. And even the dudes back there canning. They were loving it. Like, yeah. they're just, just a bunch of cool, great people. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. I, think, yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the things that I'm most proud of, just um, buying in here and being an owner and just, like, also working here is, like, our, we have an amazing team. Like, people care. Like, it's it's no surprise it's it's not an accident that what we're what we're putting out is as good as what we're what we are here like our yeah. culture that's the root of it so like yeah. we treat our people well we all like get along like it's we're basically I mean everyone says the big family thing or whatever and that but like yeah. we really are like we all like we just give each other crap all day and like <laughs> we pick each other up when we're down and all that stuff so it's just it's fun to see. Uh, that manifested outside and like all the way down to the consumer level of like you buy beer in Arizona and you can know that like, yeah, we're, we're about what we practice, what we're preaching and, and that kind of thing. So are you from, where are you from originally? I'm from Fargo. Are so, you from Fargo? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All 31 years of my life I've okay. lived here. Um, well, I guess technically I lived in Moorhead, which is just five minute drive across the river. Minnesota, which yeah. is Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's, he's not from the state that the brewery's in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But actually none of the, none of the guys that are other owners are actually from North Fargo. They're, oh, really? They're from, they're all from Moorhead or Barnesville, okay. 
which yeah. is another town like 15, 20 minutes. What's it called? Barnesville. Barnesville, okay. Yeah. But uh, one of the reasons was the archaic Minnesota beer laws, which have just gotten changed. So, yeah. But, yeah, that was a big reason to be on the North Dakota side was um, that sort of thing. But It was yeah. a 3-2, right? Like the, what, not, uh, what well, the big one was that craft breweries in Minnesota cannot sell four packs of their own beer in their tap room. Ah. So they could sell crawlers. But they couldn't sell four packs, and that's still the case. Or no, it just kind of changed. Because that's why we, because we always get in Arizona, we get the junkyard. Yep, freaking oil I mean, cans. <laughs> you would get that like all the big brewery. I mean, even like you could. So, but the problem they ran into was like liquor stores don't want crawlers. Okay, so you buy a canning line to do four packs, but then you can't sell the four packs in your tap room. So you're doing crawlers in four packs. So you're just making for, four packs just for the distributors. Yeah, and then it, what a pain in the ass. Which man. yeah, and I mean. That's, like, I don't know how the industry survived as well as it did. I mean, good people and good beer, but, like, they, they there was crazy problems they were having, so. It's weird how each state has those, right? Each state has their own. Yeah, it's seeming, seemingly, things. except for, I think, Wisconsin, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> you know, like, a lot of our good friends, like, brewery friends are from Wisconsin. They You can have, like, three tap rooms, and, like, there's no, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there are definitely, even North Dakota has some archaic stuff. Like, uh, when we were doing, when we had downtown location and just opened this spot, um, for whatever reason, we couldn't trans. I mean, we couldn't brew beer there and then serve it here. So, like when we opened here, we had to like scramble and brew like four batches of beer. So we had four. We have twenty four taps. But we had right when we opened, we had four ba- four beers on tap. Cause yeah, we couldn't legally transfer them. Yeah, but we also couldn't go to our. Dist- we couldn't sell to our distributor and buy back from our distributor here because we can't buy. We can't bring in different product. If, yeah. if you serve it here, it had to be brewed here. That law has also been changed, but it's just yeah, it's all these like weird, quirky. And I'm sure every state has the same thing. With, like, legislators are just like, this is the precedent, so this is how we roll. Yeah. Which, but, but I think it's getting better, and I think people, like, consumers caring about it is really what's sparking it, because that's who's voting. So For sure. Yeah. Well, and also when you come into a place, right, and, and I haven't been around the whole property yet, but, like, you got that outside area. Like, these breweries are community gathering spots, yeah. right? They really are. Like, my kids love going to breweries, right? You know, they, they drink, you know, the light beers, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my daughter's more of a seltzer person. So she's three, but, you know. Three. She'll get there. What she She'll really is is a pinball person. She goes and puts coins in and hits the coin return. Like, we have all those pinball machines out there, but, yeah. I mean, she, and, and that's that's the thing that we've, I think – especially opening this new space and being here is like, we're trying to, you know, get certain incentives for like, um, not tax breaks, but just like delayed taxes. Okay. Um, so like, we're not, we don't have to like harbor a bunch of tax dollars on top of opening a brand new facility. Sure. Um, and there's some fight with that. And it's like, well, we're, we're creating jobs in a way. Cause we, I mean, we're building a thing with like 10 different vendors in it. Yeah. We're, we're creating, they're all local businesses over there. Like we're, we're adding the economy here and it's like, I just wish people, I, and I think they're coming around to it more now, but like we had a talk when you were on your way in here today, there was hundred people in our tap room hearing a Ted talk or whatever. Yeah. So I think, yeah. Seeing a Ted talk. It was here. Yeah. It was yep. actually at the, yep. at, 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 then they had brunch or whatever but. after, but yeah, it was cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, um, for you, where, where have you always been on the beer path? Like as far, cause so we, all right, we're, so we're staying, uh, my wife is an hour east of here where she grew up in Perm, Minnesota yep. and everybody drinks beer. Like yep. it's part of like the culture, right? Like it is really part of the culture cause it gets cold as fuck around here. <laughs> <Yeah. right>? <laughs> well, <laughs> you got the, t- you got twofold. So you got the coldest fuck months where you're in, you know, everyone, the only thing to do is drink. You yeah. can't really hang out outside. I mean, like 
there's st- other stuff to do, but drinking is central. Yeah. And then in the summer, all you want to do is crush some beers on a boat near the lakes, which <laughs> yeah, is like, exactly. that's all I want to do. You know, like that's what we did at our Christmas party two days ago or whatever. So yeah, it, it's, it's cool that that has, has come in to be like more of a culture thing. And, um, but I think I, it, it, while it is true, like, I think it was kind of hard to kind of break people up there. Like, well, I can get a rack of hams for 20 bucks. Yeah. Why would I get, why would I buy, you know, your lager for $14 a four pack? And $18 like, pizza toots. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but I think people are coming around to it and it's cool to like be, have that uh, local aspect and like knowing where it's brewed and knowing the people and stuff like for that. For sure. So, yeah. Well, and it's a quality too, right? Dude, like I'm, we're sitting on, we, we rented a house right on the lake, uh, going out on the boat and I'm pounding Mick Golden Lights, which I found was Minnesota only now. Yeah. Right. Really? Like, yeah. Yeah, so the, that's that, like one of my favorite beers. So. Well, they said it was. I, now I could be wrong. So uh, somebody, said, I think my brother-in-law is like it's five states, and I googled it because right on the can it says something about Minnesota, oh. right above the UPC code, uh, so or the barcode. So I googled it, and it said because of the high demand. This was in like 2019. The article I read because of the high demand, they brew it exclusively for Minnesota. Huh. Yeah, but either way, I could see that. I, I mean, it I is pretty only, popular around here. I can only drink so many of them, man. I just yeah. get bloated, and you know, I'm a big guy. You're a yeah. big guy. You know, we're not we're not taking another mental level on a right. <laughs> golden lights. So the IPAs and all, but but for you, uh, what was your what was your growing up like? Like, were you always on this path towards craft or what? Yeah, I don't know. I think um, I've always been like in the creative realm. So, like, oddly enough, I was an English literature major in college, which. Okay. What are you ever going to do with that? Like, I, I get, get it, I, I, get, I get that. Like, <laughs> yeah. people were. I mean, that was the thing. I played, so I played football at a D three school in Moorhead. So, like, part of the reason I was there was the football thing, and also what I really was the liked, school uh, Concordia Moorhead. Concordia. So my wife, my wife went to Moorhead State. Sure. Yeah. So she she talked. There about used to be a rivalry, but it like doesn't. It's not a thing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they they PC'd it up so you can't like. There used to be kids getting like hazed from you. So Concordia wears these beanies. <laughs> And, like, the MSUM kids would, like, come over and try and steal all the freshmen's beanies and stuff and whatever. But that kind of went away. Sounds like a rough crowd. Yeah. I don't know if I want to be on the MSUM side of this spectrum. No. I'm not, like, that's the funny part is, like, Concordia is touted as, like, this year you get, like, a ring when you're done. And, like, everyone, like, you flash that in an interview and you get the job or whatever. But I never got a ring or anything like that. But Did you graduate? Yeah, I did. But they never give you a ring? Well, no, you have you to buy it. And it was like $1,000. <laughs> just out of college, I barely have any money as it is. I'm not going to spend $1,000 for this ring. But so then I did that. And then just, yeah, like I said, always been in the creative realm. Um, always earned the most of my life by working hard. So like ended up getting a job here bartending while I was also working at a bank and just like one night a week, which happened to be our trivia night, which is like for a while there was insane. Like we'd get at our downtown spot, which is basically enough seating as like the room we're in now. So not super huge, maybe a hundred people. And it would overfill with people. And I'd be the only bartender. The other owners would help me just like pour beers while I was making, like we had like a panini press. We'd make grilled sandwich or grilled cheese on. Yeah. It was crazy stuff and worked really hard or whatever. And like, uh, the brewer at the time that was helping out, he left and I went and talked to the guys just like, Hey, I remember having a conversation with my now wife, who's my girlfriend. Like, I think I'm going to like ask them to see if I could like learn how to brew. I might have asked them. (laughs) Were you buzzed? (laughs) No, I no. I I think I want to ask them about. And she's like, and she's like, well, you should do it. That's like, in in my mind, it's like this crazy thing. Like, no one can do this. Like, you have to know so much, which it is in a way. But also, like, the basis of it is that hard work aspect. So, like, sure, I could take anybody who wants, who has the right attitude and that right mindset and the work ethic, bring them in here, take six months. 
teach them how to brew beer. Like yeah. that's, it is what it is. I mean, I would have to answer a lot of questions like scientifically later after the fact. I mean, and that's kind of how I started. So long story, the, we always joke is the five of us now that are owners now, now as I, I was able to buy in, which has been amazing and nice, whatever. Oh yeah. Um, so, but, but we joke about it now. It's like I was in there, I was coming in there to plead my case for them to like let, to hire me. And they were pleading, they were, they were coming into the interview pleading to have me start because they were like, we can't pay you that much. Like you're a banker. And I mean, they thought I was a banker, but I like work credit card fraud. Like I wasn't like, I'm not like, I don't have like clients, you know, I was like 20, Tom, the banker, yeah, right? I was like 25, year, 24 years old or 23 years old at the time. Yeah. Like I'm not making great money and I just really don't like the office thing. So yeah. well, uh, yeah, from there I started up and with yeah. no brewing experience, no home brewing none. at all. Nope, none. Craft beer, still haven't home brewed. Yeah, <laughs> actually, because no why would I? Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, there are some guys who still do it outside of work, but like, I just it was it was always more difficult to think about trying to home brew than just like I brew every single day for. At the time, it was like fourteen hours. Darren and I, one of the other owners, like when it, it was just him and I and one of our uh, uh, another owner, Jesse, that worked there. It was three of us that worked at this downtown brewery, and then our taproom yeah. manager, and and then obviously we had some bartenders or whatever, but they. And I just remember, like, coming home, and my girlfriend was like, how was your first day? And I think I, like, passed out on the couch because I was just going from this office environment to, like, busting my ass for 14 hours straight for, like, yeah. every day. And it was that way for a long time. And, like, I I think my the way I like to work and, like, that lended itself well to this. I mean, there's all these, you know, meme accounts and stuff about brewing and, like, how, like – self uh sab- not sabotaging but just like it's very uh, masochistic in a way like you're just busting your ass like and for what yeah I mean, you know you're making <laughs> right. beer and it's, it seems it's such a fun thing but then you end up like working so hard at it so got in through that and then you know i just i really appreciate food and like cocktails and all that like fun uh taste and like love how palates like my palate works and things like that and then yeah. just kind of through that just developed a love for the craft and yeah now i'm running the show and doing the recipes with Mark and we, uh, yeah, schedule stuff is crazy and it's fun and yeah, I wouldn't, I can't, I can't because I own the place, but I also wouldn't probably trade it for any other job. Just yeah, place that you can be unabashedly yourself and like everyone here is like, it's like a team and it's just fun and like don't have to, we always, we always joke and like even in our interview process, there's like a quote or whatever. It's like, tell us something about you that, seems weird to other people but but that you define yourself by like comma let your freak flag fly and it's like yeah we're all just like weird and like to have a good time and like everyone's nice and we just get shit done and that's yeah that's what i love about it dude you guys are hustling today right so we walked in uh the the ted talk was just getting done so there was i I was walking in like all right they don't open till four i'm like i don't know where i'm gonna find because i text you i'm like tom where do i find you yeah i'll be here right and i walked in there's like 30 people working with the drecker shirts on so you guys obviously had an event going on that you had to to handle uh but just the smiles and just like everybody back there that was working i mean it's it's uh there's something about this part of the country that just kind of lends that that's just kind of natural tendencies of people. Yeah. Right. You know, but when you actually work in a place that you love and the people that you love and that, you know, cause how many times have you had a job or, I mean, all right, so I'm 43. We counted one time from 20 to 25. I think I had 25 jobs. Right. So I've been all over the board, sure. but there've been so many jobs where you've said, um, I hate, my job, but I love the people that I work with. Right. right? The, brewing seems to be that w- where you can blend the two. I yeah. love my job and I love the people that I work yeah. with. 
You know, you I have mean, to have that. I don't want to sugarcoat it. Like there, there are definitely days <laughs> when I go home and I'm like, I hate this job. I'm gonna, you know, uh, it's it, at the end of the day, it's that it's the like the that you're doing something fun with your like you're producing something that people care about. It's bringing people together and like all that is great. Like yeah. I think a lot of industries like preach that. You know, I mean, like not to say that there aren't other industries that do the exact same thing, but just like we're looking at like. I don't know. I'm just like when we worked at the bank, we're like, we're bringing smiles. And everyone's like, yeah, we're taking people's money and getting interest off of it. And then the bank's making a bunch of money. I mean, it's like, we're a good bank. Like people yeah. like us, but like at the end of the day. So I, I think that part of that uh, for our staff and for us ownership, especially is just like, there's a very tangible impact that you're seeing. Like, like we have a community thing. Like we've been able to like during the pandemic, we like filled up trucks full of supplies and brought it down to like the needy areas of the Minneapolis, St. Paul. Yeah. We did, uh, instead of like a lot of places laid their employees off, we paid all our employees their normal wages to go deliver out for meals on wheels. Like, like, uh, we paid them, like we, we made them work, but like they were doing like things for the community. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you gave like them that. an opportunity to work, right? Right. During yeah. a time where people were letting off, letting yeah. everybody go. Yeah. So just things like that. That's just, yeah, that proud to be proud to be in an industry like that. And then like, um, yeah. So where does Drecker go from? All right. So from the time you, so when did you jump on board as a bartender? Well, I, I, let's yeah. say owner, like when, when you, oh, you owner, took that step uh, to, I don't, I actually don't know the day on the, I did ask you this early and you, and I told you I wouldn't hold you these numbers. The, now I'm asking the you. Ownership, <laughs> <laughs> the ownership thing is a, a little weird just because yeah. of like, um, so I started in 2015, December. I remember okay. very, very vividly, like, cause I, I was between one job going to this bank job and I need to make some cash. So, uh, tapper manager who's still our tapper manager at the time I knew him from, um, hanging around this different restaurant that I always drank at or whatever. And so it's like, yeah, we can get a job. So started bartending. And then August of the following year is when I quit, just straight up quit my job and joined with them. And I remember, <laughs> I remember it was my second to last day and I called in sick to go brew what the first IPA we ever brewed, <laughs> Wheeze the Juice, or the first Hazy we ever brewed, Wheeze the Juice with Darren. Uh, and he's like, don't you have work today? I was like, I'll just tell him I'm sick. And then that night I got super, super wasted at like a uh, joint bachelor, bachelorette party. And I was, I stayed at my girlfriend's at the, my now wife at the time. And I was still like tequila wasted in the morning, rolled out of bed, <laughs> fell off of her bed and like scraped my entire arm up. And I'm like, I can't go to work today. She's like, it's your last day. You have to go. And I was like, Oh, you're right. And I was just drunken, drunkenly went through my day at the bank and whatever. But uh, you remember so that, that day a lot, yeah, huh? That was that was a very like turning point in my life. It yeah. was just a cool thing. That's awesome. Um, and actually, so not to belabor it, but like I was at a wedding on the, the day after I did that. The drunkenness. The same wedding for the bachelor <laughs> bachelorette party, the bachelor bachelorette party, and I uh, they were serving our Drecker beer there, and I was like, yeah, that's that's I worked there. Like I. Yeah. I didn't brew it, but, like, I've since been to weddings where they have had the beer that I brewed, and it's just still wild to me that, like, yep, uh, that beer that everyone's drinking and enjoying is, like, I brewed that. So Dude, um, so awesome. from there, let's see, that was 2016. And we had two years, one year where it was just madness at downtown with just me, Darren. In downtown Fargo. Yep, downtown yeah. Fargo, just me and Darren brewing and canning and packaging everything. We, were, we started with bomber bottles, I remember, like, before canning was a thing for us. Which is such a Drecker had bomber bottles. Yeah, you could get ectogasm in a bomber <laughs> bottle. Yep, and that's a very weird idea. Um, so we did that, and then we went to Madison for like our first collab, like big like collab that we were like, holy shit! We were like, it was Untitled Art. If you've ever heard of them, 
Um, and they brought us in. We're all, we were all like, holy shit, like, they really like our beer and whatever. And, like, that night they, like, did a collab with us. And they had just complimented us up and down about how good our liquid was, like, and just that stuff. And then I remember we were at dinner with Darren and Mark. Uh, and I was just like, uh, can I buy in? And they're like, what? It's like, All right, is there ever an opportunity where I could buy in? And like, well, we can talk about it. And then from there was kind of the long process of like mostly for tax reasons and like the accountants that worked with us, like just don't let them buy in yet. Like it's, <laughs> that would be a lot more work for us kind of thing, which is fine. And, but yeah. I think officially two years, two years, like the, well, shit, that would have been pandemic. So. Yeah, it would have been February 2020 that I was, like, officially bought in. Um, so, yeah, and then from Well, there, you were bought in before. Like, yeah, I, I mean, well, that. and that, that's the thing is, like, this, was, this was late 18 when I told them that I was going to do it. And they're yeah. like, yeah, we're going to, we can do that. And then from then it was just like you act, nothing, I was acting like an owner kind of sure. already, just owning, owning the product and, you know, that thing, kind of thing. So it was an easy transition just to be, like, into the ownership kind of group or whatever but what was it that, what was it about it that like like really drew you in right because i bartended at places you know you have these jobs you work for a really cool company what was it about drecker that you were like this is the fucking place yeah i don't know i think uh part of it was the darren being like a mentor like work his work ethic is insane um all the owners come to find out are have insane work like we're all here the most out of everybody which yeah. is super important and like, yeah i think that was the big one like I'm busting my ass and like I'm working 14 hour days, but Darren's putting in 16 and Jesse's putting in 16 and like Mark is doing his nurse anesthetist job and then comes to the brewery at night and Mason's doing the same with his engineering job. And like, so it's like, it's easy to buy into something that other, like the ownership cares that much about. Cause I sure. not, and I don't have examples of this necessarily, but I think that there's definitely places like we've gotten brewers from other breweries where it's not that way. You know, yeah. like people come here and bartenders come here for that same reason. And it's like, it's just it's it's part of it like almost like a few people carry the weight yeah and, and we yeah. there's like a we joke that it's like the cult of drecker which is it 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 is in a way true like we're not making people drink the kool-aid or anything but like yeah. it's easy to buy into something that's that people are so passionate about i mean For sure. you've heard mark talk he's a good speaker and For, like yeah, yeah he's yeah. good at hyping and uh so i think it was a lot of that like just uh comfortable and like you know i knew they cared about people too like, cause they cared about me. And so it yeah. was easy to see, like, even now as an owner, like we're doing a lot for people just as an ownership group. So it's like, yeah. it's fun to be a part of that and just be proud of like what we're doing and all that. Well, like you said too, like, uh, it almost seemed like when you, it, cause I've talked to several people that are just like, I don't really know how we, you know, I don't really know how we got the right people in the right spots or whatever it is. But you said like, you can train somebody to brew. You can't train somebody to be a good person yeah. or not to be a prick, right? Like you, right. you can you bring in the right personalities, the right fits, and train them to do the technical aspect of it. Yeah, and know? I think that's something we've just done still. Like, yeah. still, if we were going to go find a person now, it'd be hire for attitude, train for skill is always the thing we say. And like, we've done that with Logan and James. The new brewers are a little different. They came from other backgrounds, but Logan actually originally was supposed to get my job. Like, way back when. Okay, okay. And he came here in 2021. No, it would have been 2020 because it was May, May of 2020 because I remember him being like, I don't know if I'm even allowed to leave the cities to come because he was brewing in the cities. He's like, I don't even know if I'm allowed to, like, move up here. It's like <laughs> where there's, like, restrictions and quarantines and stuff. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, and I mean, like, I think one of the things, not to just, like, 
toot my toot the Drecker horn, but things that I'm proud of because yeah. I think it's good to talk. Like we didn't, we haven't lost anyone since the pandemic. We've had zero issues with staffing our tap room, and I think that's just because of that reason. It's like yeah. we're just we've built a team that like of people who have the right attitude, and then they train for skill later. Like you might have saw Cole walking around. He's a beer tender, uh, but he's been now like thrust into more of like a warehouse role where like we have a warehouse guy that does like orders going out but he takes care of all the in-house warehouse stuff yeah. so like getting cans for the tap room to sell and kegs and stuff so like doing a lot of that promoting from within kind of thing and yeah so where do you do you remember right so all right you get involved with a local brewery and you all ha- you have these you know ideas of expansion and mm-hmm. nationwide right did when for you did it start to be like, oh, shit, man, we're not just, we're just not North Dakota and Fargo, Western Minnesota. Yeah. Like, people in Arizona are going fucking bonkers over our beers. Like, how, how does that happen? How, how does it, uh, how does it, <laughs> like, I, I think I mentioned to you earlier that, like, idea that, like, we work our asses off and we got really lucky. Like, yeah. that's, that's truly what it comes down to in a way. Like, Minneapolis was our first big market outside of Fargo, North Dakota, really. I mean, the surrounding area, but... Uh, and we had just at that time came up with this bang in IPA, hazy IPA, ectogasm uh, recipe. And we were like, this is amazing. This is better, just as good, if not better than most of the stuff we've been tasting in the area. And like we, that year was CBC in Nashville. And we went out there and um, brought some beer. And then we had other breweries who we thought were like the shit. And we couldn't talk, like would be like, like starstruck to talk to be like, yeah. oh, this stuff is really good. And like, you guys got it. They're whatever. coming to you saying that. Yeah. yeah and like, nice. uh Kind of then a little bit, and then like, but on, like truthfully, May of this year when I went to Copenhagen, like that okay. was the biggest like holy shit we did this thing, because yeah. um, to me like, and I always make this comparison with like building this building too. It's like I see I'm here every day. I see the slow progression over time, and then all of a sudden you're just in it. So yeah. like, you're slowly progressing to like we're distributing Minneapolis a lot. Oh, that's cool. Oh, Wisconsin wants us. Great. Like we'll send a bunch of beer to Wisconsin. Oh. Oh, we found a distributor in Virginia because we had to get one for this event. So, like, and then it's just all of a sudden now we're in 38 states and, yeah. like, a bunch of countries across the sea, you know. <laughs> yeah. and Oh, you guys are across uh, across. So, the... we sell the Brew Export, um, which is in the U.K. Okay. And then they have a way that they can sell it to other, like, bottle shops and such throughout the throughout Europe. Yeah. And I don't know exactly where we are beyond that, but... Like they were the ones who got us into this Mickler Festival in Copenhagen, okay? Um, because they were the they were the exclusive importer for all the American breweries, and then the Mickler or whatever asked Mikkel asked was like, who should we bring in that we don't have over here? And we were on the list, so that's amazing. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's a combination of like knowing what we wanted to do from the start. Like our the ownership groups, everyone who deals with that sales stuff has been very like diligent with how what we're gonna do and like what we're about so like yeah kind of comes back to that same thing i was talking about like we have a we spent like a owner's retreat like two years ago where we were just like let's define why we're doing this um and then go from there and like so our why dictates everything we do like we're yeah. trying to we're trying to make these experiences for people through beer was originally it and then as we got to forming this why statement a little bit more it was like it's a lot less about the beer and more about like the experience so like yeah. That's why we're building this multi-use, like, hotel and event center. Like, we're, yeah. we're in for the experience. Like, people want an experience when it comes to beer with this, you know, you want all this cool, like, funky, like, weird beer you've never tried before. Like, yeah. combinations of flavor. I didn't know you could make pie into a beer. That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I think that really helped us 
just see what we were going to do and not be like, oh, we're just going to slowly go out in a circle from the middle, from Fargo. Um, we're going to find places where people really want this stuff and get excited about it and, yeah. like, rock their world. And, like, I think that's number one reason why is, like, going to these markets with the idea of, like, we're not trying to drop liquid just to drop liquid. Yes. Like, we're, we're, we're in it for yeah. the – we're in it for, like, the – the shock and awe, you know, like yeah. we're not, we're not just trying to make a buck because sustainable, sustainable, even like making a buck wise, you're always going to make more money if you can keep redistributing there. So, For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big, a big part of it. You were talking about the why aspect of it. And I love that because, um, there was it Simon Sinek has, he has yep. a book, right? That's, Start with why. that's the work. We all read that book and then, yeah. um, the e-myth, which is the other like Dude, business book. Yeah. Top. So that's my top. So yeah. we, we read both those prior to our, the five of us read those prior to us, like locking ourselves in a cabin for three days in the middle of January in Minnesota. So yeah. cold. <laughs> so we just, we drank cocktails and talked about the why. So yeah. Yeah. Why, why no pun intended, but why is that so important? I, I, I think for, for us, it was, we were already basically doing it. Yeah. It was a way for us to, convey that to everybody else like yeah. what how we're how we're doing it yeah um and like well the why <laughs> we want everyone to know sure. the why so that they yeah. can be like oh that informs these decisions and mark did a really good job he's a big simon Sinek guy and did a really good job of bringing us back to that and like we can just if we ever have problems we just we just that's the why statement we just go back there and it's start there light, dude. and then we go out yeah. of there you know so and i think like I said, we were already doing those things. So, like, for us, I remember just being there as the five of us. We were kind of like some – a few of us were just like, why are we like, – this is kind of silly or whatever. But yeah. having that and just being able to convey that I think did a really good job. And then, like, then we know, too, like, it's – we there's a lot less stress on you as an owner, too, to just be like, well, we don't have to worry about problems because we just go back to the why. And, like, if it doesn't make sense with that, then we can just skip that idea and go to the next or yeah. whatever. So What's um, – from the top down, right? Yeah. Like any, everybody from the person who's just ringing up merch, it's like, what is the why? Right? Yeah. Like you, ha- you, that's, it's that baseline to, to be able to make decisions and, you know, represent the, the company. Yeah. Right? And I just it made it easy. So it was not easy sitting there for eight hours for three <laughs> days straight, like banging our heads against Feeling our Feeling like you were back like, in the bank. Yeah. Just being like, <laughs> oh my God, what are we? We've we had all these, like those big easels with like, and Mark got a big, he was so excited to have his big, <laughs> big sharpie and writing on there and we like hung them up all over this log cabin and it was like someone walked in and it was like the pepe sylvia scene from always sunny we we're like this is no we said earlier and we'll take a word from this and then it was like mad libs and whatever yeah but it worked out really good and i think just since then it's just been just having it defined like we're living it sure. now we have it defined and now we can just proceed so um yeah so all right so you guys are you're you're taking off right uh because i'm trying to think of i'm trying to time when I first saw Drecker in Arizona, because to me, like I said, I'm a sucker for marketing, mm-hmm. can art, right? Right away, Drecker's cans just freaking flew yeah. out, like incredible can art. It's the same guy, right? Yep. Same guy punch does gut. all of them. Who is it? Punch Drunk? Uh, punch Gut. Punch Gut. Yeah, yeah. so uh, Punchy, we just call him, but or his actual name, but yeah. Punchy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's just wild, man. He comes in and just... Yeah, such an easy dude to work with, and just he's friends with Mark um, Pryor. Okay, um, from Mark just liking his art and like he has a day job. Yeah, like a, really, well, he used to. I don't think he does anymore. Thanks yeah. a little bit because of us, but like also like uh, he was just like a graphic designer. Like he worked on the NDSU football logo or like the 
athletic logo for NDSU, like, oh, shit. at his day job. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and does, like, this really grungy gig poster stuff, and we were like, that's so cool. I, th- I can't even remember how Mark came, came upon him to, like, we should have him do the can. Yeah. He did a couple, like, T-shirts for us and, like, a gig, essentially gig posters for our anniversary, like, our first anniversary. Nice. Kind of spiraled off of that, but, um, yeah, he's just unbelievable to work with, and it's a mutually benef- you know, beneficial relationship, but yeah. just... I don't know, I'm just floored every time he does it. And we'll get texted, like, he's like a 2 a.m. guy, so he'll be, like, working at, like, 3 a.m., and Mark will get a text, and, like, what do you think of this? And like, yeah. So, yeah. But he's wild, man. Oh, I know, as I'm going to like it. Yeah. I mean, like, right here. So you, 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 got, you had part of the brew house wrapped, yep. but this is actual paint. Yep, so this he was hand-painted. He this didn't hand-paint this. He drew it, and then we okay. had, he's got, like, a, you know, like anybody else, he's got friends in, like, other sectors, and this yeah. is a company um, that does, like, this for a living, like, blowing it up. Which the cool part about this is like you can look at it now and then like you can step back like all the way to the wall, other wall and it's like a completely different perspective. So ah. it's just it's really wild. And we're doing a in the new building we're gonna do some sort of giant like four story version of something like Dude, this. Dude, hell so yeah! So that'll be rad. Um, Did you guys know that that the, the that the artwork was a big draw or was it kind of one of those things where it's like holy shit, man, people are, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, a combination. I think. Yeah, uh, I think. Right when we, like, started, we got the first label out. Because I think Wheeze the Juice was the first, like, official label he did for us. Okay. Actually, that might be wrong. Might have been Broken Rudder. But I think Wheeze the Juice was the, fir- was, was the first label where we were, like, we said um, Zombie Polly Shore was all we said to him. And then he <laughs> came, and he legitimately <laughs> just came back with the now that label of Wheeze the Juice. Wheeze the Juice. And it was like, holy yeah. shit, we can just tell this guy, like, something awesome, cool that we want to do. And, like, he'll just rip it out. I'm trying to think of another like example of something like that. Uh, Are they all pretty much like that? A, a, a lot of them. Like nowadays, I think it's more like he doodles and draws, yeah. and he's like, "Here's like the that IPA." Sometime around midnight, he just sent us that out of the blue. Yeah, uh, Pizza Toots was we that beer was the one of the first beers we brewed at this place and i mentioned earlier like we only had four yeah didn't think it was we, that was the test ipa for the system so like we didn't okay. think it was going to be good yeah so we just like it was code name we always joked about naming a beer pizza toots and like that'd be such a dumb name and like <laughs> uh and so we did it code name pizza toots as a test batch and it turned out um, awesome and we really all liked it and so we're like fuck it we'll throw it on uh tap and then it was just on tap with like a dumb little like Jesse, one of our other owners, was, like, a graphic designer, so he just did, like, a plain Jane, like, graphic design thing. And then Thanksgiving the next year, we did, we all just get a text, and it was just this pizza farting a rainbow, like, and he's like, well, I made a label, so now you guys got to can it and label it. And that was from Punch Gut, our artist, and we're like, well played, sir. And so, like, then we made pizza toots. But, yeah, that beer was fun to have as the opening beer here because you get a lot of, like, town people that just are like oh the new brewery's open we'll go see it's like a lot of old ladies and they're like i'll have the pizza beer and like what which one uh pizza pizza and pizza toots it's like like making these old ladies say toots to you and in this part of the country they're not they don't want to talk about they don't want to talk about the toots i mean like we had a beer still one of my favorite beers rest in peace drive-by glitter bomb and it was a it was a sour saison not like a, it was a kettle sour. So like the reason we don't make it anymore is because we kind of feel guilty that it's like not a spontaneously soured, awesome Saison that we okay. are capable of doing now yeah. that we have like the people to do that. Um, but anyway, so we name it Drive by Glitter Bomb and we get like these frat boys coming downtown and be like, I'll have the, um, the dri- drive by. The what? And like make them the drive by Glitter Bomb. <laughs> like, like make them say it out loud so that like it's like, oh, we find we run into that a lot. We're like, 
uh, well, our tap room managers, we have two of them, and they'll be like, we'll be like, this is the new beer. And they're like, no, you can't name it that. I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, people aren't going to say that. They literally yeah. won't order it because it's like so, it's like a phrase. It's like a long two sentence name. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll take the my butthole stinks because I haven't showered in three days. IPA, yep. please. Yeah. <laughs> Even be this beer, name, actually, this beer is called I don't know no snakes from uh, Home Alone. Okay, yeah, yeah, and, and people don't call it that. They're like, I'll just have the lager beer. It's like well, that's fine too. <laughs> I don't know so. no snakes. That's actually good. My wife would love that. Yeah, right. I don't know no snakes. Snakes, snakes, snakes. I don't know no snakes. Uh, well, dude, cheers, man. Yeah, uh, cheers. Once again, thanks for for. Uh, joining me on this this has been great we, we tasted the beer earlier uh I, phil i don't know if phil's super quiet my buddy he was phil, very quiet very quiet that was the most excited i've ever seen him in my whole <laughs> life he was very excited everybody had seen him today said to like, phil are you excited jackie was like phil is so excited i'm like really ah, i guess yeah i hope <laughs> it was cool i never know you know nah, it was so i was fun, just man. hanging out with some family friends like that he lives in new york and he was back in town so i was hanging out with him and his family and they just kept like they talked to me the entire time about the beer stuff. And I'm like, that's cool. But I just, to me, it's not interesting, but like his, him and his brother are both artists, like ceramicists in New York. They like make ceramic art for a living. And yeah. it's like, they're, ta- they're all like hyped up to talk to me. I'm like, I just, I just go work. I Bro, tell me about pizza toots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of like artsy that. People. Yeah. Yeah. What's the so. inspiration behind pizza toots? Well, well, so what is the, what is the future of Drecker, right? Because I knew you talked about one of your guys back there that, that uh, I didn't meet him, but I saw him walking by tall guy, curly hair. Yep. Hard um, to miss Napoleon dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he is, uh, he, do you want to talk a little bit about what he's excited about? Yeah. So, I mean, he's one of the guys that our kind of philosophy when we were starting to hire, like, outside of that original, like the hire for attitude and train for skill thing. He yeah. was like the first person we hired for skill also happens to have an awesome work ethic and attitude, sure. which yeah. is great. But like, uh, kind of one of the first people like we don't do this yet. So we're going to seek out the person who knows how to do that. So that would be, uh, spontaneous hours is Logan's specialty. And like the thing he like rides or like, he's been to this, uh, small brewery in Norway called Ekenteed where I can where they do like all like, uh, quite beers but like spontaneous fruit fermented nice. like from the hills of norway they they just like find people who have these he's he described it once to me as like there was a guy carrying a tin bucket of yeast he carried it from like this wooden bucket he scooped it out of the bucket walked inside and dumped it in a fermenter it's just like it was open to the air yeah. <laughs> it's just like sitting there and he just like scooped this yeast out and put it in and he's like there's all these crazy stories about like what they can do with yeast over in uh with those quike strains quike strains over in Norway. So that's a big part yeah. of his stuff is doing spontaneous like beers like that um, with the quike. And then he's kind of getting us on, started on a more like traditional um, spontaneous wild fermented stuff. Nice. Um, with like we're doing, we got a Flanders that we put in a barrel, but two years away. That's how long it takes. That's how long it. they take. Yeah. Um, uh, but then he's just going to do some more like just golden sours with just some, some spontaneous stuff. We have some. Um, ex lawfully new belgium lawfully barrels that have you know still have the bacteria in them so they all you need to do is pitch what is that i've never heard of lawfully that. it's like it's new belgium's one of their like famous like sours okay um, okay you talked you talked about that earlier yeah. and i'm like I, I felt embarrassed i didn't know what no, it was that's okay <laughs> if you if you like spontaneous sours it's about the best one of the best that you can get okay uh, especially nice. on like a commercial level yeah um, like obviously like the jester kings of the world and things like that yeah, like there's sure. tons of great sours out there um and but logan lives and breathes that so we're hoping to do a little bit of that um and then we're looking at 
the expansion project also within that realm is going to have fooders. So we'll be able – we're not fully decided unless if we're going to inoculate those or just let them be sour fooders or if they're going to be like something we could finish a oak-age lager yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. You know, things like that. Um, we'll just kind of have to see with that. But that's kind of the future for like the brewing side. And we're just going to keep doing what we're doing, kind of working some classic styles every now and again because like we want to drink those, people want to drink those. And then yep. – uh, Brewhalla, um, the big multi-use event space next door is just kind of where we're going next. I mean, it's going to have rest. There's four restaurant concepts, some retail, some ice cream. Uh, four restaurant concepts? Yes. Yeah, so, nice. Well, okay, so there's wood-fired pizza. There's like a foodery, which is just a bunch of like really rad stuff. Um, then there's going to be pastries, juice, like a juice raw or like a fresh squeezed juice bar, charcuterie. Um, and then a raw bar and wine bar. Dex's coffee place is going over there. Oh, There'll yeah. be a coffee place. Thunder uh, coffee. Thunder coffee. Yep. Gelato. I think I already said that. Yeah, it's just gonna Dang. be a crazy mix my up of dream. Right? Yeah, <laughs> well my dream. probably my death because <laughs> I'm gonna spend all my money and get super, super overweight. But you know what <laughs> are you gonna tall do? Guy. You can carry it well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Back to my playing weight. Yeah, that's right. Ah, oh, jeez. Not talking about. I was two forty five my freshman year in college. Yeah, yeah, and now I'm about double that. I feel I was three fifteen my senior year, but I was an offensive lineman, so that made sense. Three fifteen senior year of college. Yeah, dang, you're a big dude. And how tall are you? Six five. Six five. Yeah, yeah. I wear it well though, like you said. But yeah, Yeah. we're going. We're headed back there drastically because the gelato, just for one, (laughs) is just unbelievable. It's so good. But yeah, we're super excited about that, and just yeah. Hopefully get around and do collab- more more and more collabs and more and more festivals, and that's kind of yeah the thing, man. Love it, man. Love yeah. it. Well, hey, thanks for taking the time. Tom, I know you're a busy guy. Uh, Mark, I know Mark wanted to join, but he's he's out and about today. He's, he said he double-booked like three meetings, including one that I was supposed to go into with him. So, Oh, you, you bailed on a meeting for me? No, no. Oh. I... I, he was supposed to be. <laughs> Wednesday's our weekly, like, we call it New Beer Goofing, where yeah. we just think of the new beers for the next months or whatever come. Yeah. I think we're already into October, so we're going to hammer that out. And uh, Big anniversary party coming up. We're doing eight, eight collabs. Dang. And we're going to do two mixed four-packs. So there will be eight different collab beers and two mixed four-packs with a bunch of different breweries. When's um, the anniversary? September 17th or 18th, whatever okay. the Saturday is. We're doing yeah. the release on – big release on Friday, like brewery-only stuff. And then Saturday will be, like, the big party where – yeah. can't remember. I don't know if we've officially announced or if we've even hammered down who's going to be a big concert and we do, like, blow-up games, like a big, giant, messed-up carnival with, like, yeah. flash tattoos and all this crazy stuff. So <laughs> Nice. Yeah, it'll be a good time. Excellent, man. Well, hey, thanks again, dude. Really yeah. appreciate the time. Um, and I'm going to wrap this thing up. My wife was just texting me. She's like, Uh-oh. let's roll. Let's eat lunch. All right. So, Sounds good. What's a good lunch place in Fargo? Ooh, there's a lot of options. Depends on what you're in the mood for, but the good Thai place right down the road. Okay. There's like a good fried chicken sandwich spot. Literally the right. Bird or Bird's really yeah. good. Blackbird Pizza, I can't recommend that. Like their crust is literally as good as Italy pizza that I've had. Nice. Um, yeah. How is the Worst. craft scene in Fargo? Craft. Uh, craft scene just in general. Like beer, craft like beer, food, everything. beer. Oh, well, like I'd every- say our food keeps up with just about, there's not a lot of yeah. options, but like you can find pretty much any cuisine like that Thai place that just opened up is literally in a gas station strip mall which where most all Thai food places yeah. probably should be because they're <laughs> just really like good. you know it's good they're amazing it's just like this younger couple husband and wife and just like that's a good example of it and then like um one of the places going in here they do like a like he's a james beard nominated guy 
Nice. And then, so we just got our, he, he has two restaurants already. One's next to that junkyard. Um, he's doing a place over here. Food's great. Uh, and then we're just slowly like downtown is becoming a lot cooler. Like yeah. it's getting bigger and there's like cultural stuff to do. And there's like always like a cool bar and like cocktails are coming around and everything. So like you yeah. find pretty much everything. Nice, man. So yeah. Nice. Tom. Thanks dude. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to have one more beer before my wife gets here. So cheers. <laughs> cheers yeah, and then man. we'll be like, honey, this is my first one. And you, you want one? <laughs> There's one called, uh, well, snakes. She'll love that one. Yeah. I don't know. No snakes. She likes loggers. She does like loggers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll my wife some. likes just the fruitiest ones. The fruitiest loggers. No, the fruitiest like beers that we oh, have. The beers that like the, Which what, is fine. the sours and stuff. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. Like yeah. Chris, my buddy that came with me yeah. doesn't like sours. For the most part, he drank that. He was like, "Holy shit, that's They're good!" Fun. Yeah, and that's like my mother-in-law. She'll be like, "Well, I don't really, I don't really like beer. Can I try it though?" And I'm like, "Yeah," and she's like, "Oh, it's so good." And I'm like, "You don't have to pretend to like it for me. Like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> right. I, there are people who like it, and it's okay." They're across the country, 38 <laughs> like, states. I don't to be like honest. some things too. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, thanks again, yeah. ma'am. Cheers, man. Appreciate it, buddy. <laughs>